Hi, everyone. Welcome to the timingresearch.com crowd forecast news for February 5th, 2024. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern time, and this is episode number 416. Also, uh, if you have not heard, uh, this week we're going to do a, uh, starting tomorrow, will be our yearly Tech Wizards conference as part of the Synergy Trader series. So I have uh, almost 30 uh educators and uh, analysts lined up to uh, share some of their favorite software indicators, algorithms, apps, tools, and platforms for trading and investing. And uh, so I have uh, three uh, three people for the panel today, and uh, all three of them are, are going to be doing presentations uh, for the Tech Wizards event this week. So, and uh, again, that'll be uh, this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern time until um uh 7 p.m eastern time so today i've arranged for sunny harris and michael filigera to be with us and uh, the option professor is back to moderate so i'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him okay great and uh, thank you david and uh, we're gonna have a great show today because uh, the markets obviously have gone into uncharted territories and uh, the markets have obviously been on big runs since october and uh, it is going to be very interesting to hear from our two guests here today, because one is uh, Sonny Harris, who has um, a technical um, indicators called Sunny Bands. So it'll be very fascinating to see what those Sunny Bands are saying on a bunch of different markets. And then the second guest is Michael Filigera, who is uh, very much an expert in the Elliott Wave and the Fibonacci numbers. And when you get into uncharted territories, you know, you sometimes look to whatever you can look to to get an idea of where things might be going because uncharted means you have no idea because it's in areas that that has never been. So I think Michael is going to bring a lot to the table there. And then Sunny, obviously with her Sunny bands always brings a lot to the table. So uh, please, uh, you know, get a pen and paper, take some notes here today. I think you'd be smart to do so. Uh, before we get started, Sunny, a little background on yourself and what's going on at Money Mentor. Thank you. Well, I'm uh, Money Mentor is always going on free for the most part. There's a few paid things on there. And uh, I have my Sunny Bands on there, of course. I'm a mathematician and a programmer, and I've been trading for 43 years. I do a live trade room every morning if you want to subscribe to that. And if you want to do just one a week on Wednesdays, I do one that's considerably cheap. Uh, and I just keep on trading. Sounds great. And you'll have the Sunny Bands up and running here pretty soon? Yep. Okay, good. All right, and over to Michael. Uh, Michael, a little background on yourself and uh, what's going on at your company. Hi, everybody. Uh, Logical Signals. Um, <laughs> and uh, and mm -hmm. currently, I do operate a trade room Friday, 6 a.m., 8 Pacific. Uh, basically, we trade the NASDAQ because it's a very small, that's been my primary. Uh, but in the process of shifting the trade room, and so I've already set up or had servers on Discord. And so I will be putting out a notice. What, what it does is it opens the trade room vastly, held it to lower numbers due to the fact that it, right now in its state, it's open mic. So people can ask questions, educational. Once we shift and we go to Discord, it'd be much there in terms of we will be more focused on trading. Some educational, but that's what's going on. Fantastic. Okay. Well, we have uh, the S&P here today uh, having a bit of a uh, pullback and... Uh, using SPX as our guide. Um, 
I think we ran up to almost, uh, well, I know in the futures, they almost ran up to 5,000. And and, um, and now they've had a, a little bit of a pullback here today. So uh, I think we always used to do this on Mondays. Let's do it again. Where do we think the S&P may be at the end of the day, at the end of the week? Um, and let's just use where we uh, closed at, uh, let's call it 49 on the SPX. Uh, let's call it around 4960. Uh, uh, for yeah, forty nine sixty uh, up, down, or sideways, and what's your conviction? We'll start with uh, Sunny. We're going up. Okay, so I'm up 50, by Friday. I'm never more than fifty percent, you know, but I think we've yeah. got more like seventy percent on this one. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, and Michael, what are you thinking? I actually think that we will. Yeah. Well, like I say, we had a pretty good blow off on uh, Meta with that volume on Friday, you know, 84, 85 million shares, and they ordinarily uh, do 16 million shares. Wow. So uh, you were you used to trade on the floor, Michael. Um, yes, let's see if my guess is right on that. When you see 84 million and it used to be uh, 16 million, is that a combination of uh, short covering and people buying back their calls that they shorted, like covered call, uh, buying them back? And then the the guy who places uh, who uh, is hedging, doesn't he buy stock when he has to buy calls? Um, he, he actually has buy stock. when. Um, OK, so when he's selling the premium, the hedge is that you buy the. Um, OK, so, yes, I would say yes, all of the above. And I think today what we're seeing is a side of the crowd is like, hmm, OK. We, we went up $80 on Friday, what we Thursday. So I think I'm going to take some. So I think yeah. what we're seeing is like coming out of the expiration on Friday combined with a lot. And we cannot discount. I think the majority, they jumped because they want to get this for dividend. Well, you know what might have also been it uh, on the on the expiring options. Mm -hmm. Some of them were up anywhere between two thousand and eight thousand percent. Right. And so obviously there was a lot of people playing the game of buying those calls. And so that means the specialist or the trader on the other side, Citadel, whoever they are, um, would be the seller of those calls. And that would necessitate a lot of buying. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's really the explanation I was trying to get to in that there was some hedging by the market makers to go along with short covering and obviously spec buying. And then the combination came up with about 84 million shares. All of that stuff is done. And so is it true that when all the volume has been filled and the prices are that excessively high, that unless the volume comes in anywhere near like that, it's going to fall under its own weight, possibly? I agree with that, too. And yeah. we're seeing that today. Yeah. And plus, just it comes to a point, <clears throat> I would be looking towards C-level. So not, I don't mean SEA, I mean C with quotes, like the corporate level. Um, I don't know how much time if there's, but I would imagine that they're going to start selling. Right. So. And then, uh, you know, to give you an idea, let's see what the volume is doing today um, on Meta, just to get an idea. Yeah, 24 million. Still higher than the norm of 16 to 20 to 20 million, but certainly way off the 84 number. And you're seeing that the stock is down 12. Yeah. Yeah. So that that means, all makes that all makes sense yeah. to me. And then again, I, I kind of specialize in the short term option now. So, you know, I mean, really, if you go into something like Meta's earnings and you want to just throw your hat in the ring, you know, uh, a couple of calls uh, when it's at 406 at the 425 number for cheap money or the 430 number for cheap money. Obviously, that was something that uh, oh, and, and was just, rewarded. Yeah, you yeah. were rewarded. 
And then the other thing is, you you know, you almost have to trade like a market maker, you know, in that mm-hmm. when you're way up at 485 and you know it's a heavy volume day, you know, for uh, this week's expiring options, you could throw your hat in the ring, you know, uh, 15 bucks underneath at the 470s, probably get a pretty cheap bite at the Apple and they're already in the money by eight bucks. Right. So these right. short-term options are very risky uh, to be clear, but the premiums can be very low, which means your loss is only to the premium if you're buying them. And that means you're not putting that much money in. And with the leverage and the potential of volatility, you know, there's a reason why the volume on these short-term options are really off the charts because, you know, people who don't want to risk a lot out of the pocket, but like to get into a potential of making a lot, yeah. it's right up their alley. And you're seeing the same thing <clears throat> play out again, even though we have until the 21st NVIDIA report. Exactly. NVIDIA because upgrades now, like, oh, the 700 for sure. Yeah. And what does the stock do? Yeah. Well, and I mean, obviously, after what happened with Meta, these exactly. uh, people are going to be very much, uh, people are going to be very much thinking that it's going to be a repeat. And but there's you also know what? speculation. Yeah. I mean, it, it could end up like those... Uh, like those crypto stocks uh, where you buy the rumor, sell the fact, because as soon as uh, right. the um, as soon as they came out with the ETFs, all those stocks like Coinbase, MicroStrategy, uh, Riot, mm-hmm. Mar- drop, they collapsed and yeah. uh, people are left holding the bag going, what happened? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, well, the other uh, thing that happened is TradeStation closed their cryptocurrency brokerage. They oh. decided it's not. So I had crypto through TradeStation, which I had to liquidate before they close the account. So I did I it on the first day of the notice and it went down every day after that. Yeah. Wow. So that was another feature on why it might've had problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have been contributory. Yeah. Well, um, I think, you know, you know, we can all say two things. And one is that this market is extremely strong and that there's not a lot of moving average evidence of it rolling over. In fact, there's none as far as I see. Um, but um, reversion to the mean is obviously going to be a danger after the earnings season, because after earnings season, maybe the news dries up a little bit. And I saw the seasonality of February and March, and they didn't look yeah. that great. In fact, no, I think uh, one of them had a red number on it as far as the seasonality. So, um, and then the the Fed, I mean, the way the economy is going with uh, jobs and wages and spending on consume, on um, on consumer goods, it's kind of hard for them to start cutting rates anytime real soon. So, right. yeah. But um, are your sunny bands up and running yet? Or yes, sir. Oh, good. Well, let's put them up there and let's start analyzing this stuff. Because <laughs> I'd like to get to all different sectors. You know, the interest rate picture, the oil picture, the tech picture. You know, which, which screen? Be able to share I, now. Which screen did I? Oh, I see. Yep, you're up and uh, running. All right, there we go. Okay, well, do you want to use uh, SPX uh, as the yeah. ca- the yeah, cash S and P? Video while you were talking about it. Oh, okay, yeah. Dollar SPX.X. I don't know. I thought it was just SPX. Um, I don't know what it is on your system. There we go. All right. So um, the, the Sunny Bands um, is showing. 49. Yeah, 49.49. And uh, obviously, uh, gold is above purple, which is gold a positive. Above yeah. We have shorter red bars on the histogram. So that's speaking to possibility of going down. Okay. The slope indicator, which is a new one of mine, relatively, uh, is green and has positive slope to it. And it's positive number. Zero line is way down here. So that's doing really well. Mm-hmm. We have a red bar below the upper outer band, which is a short setup. 
Now we have to see where the next bar closes. But then the rules say if gold is on top, you only take the trade down to the DMA because it usually stumbles at the DMA and bounces back up into the long trend. Like Right. So a break under the green, because I had a number right around that 4,900 too. Uh, the break underneath um, uh, 4,900, uh, is that where, where's the second uh, line there? Uh, right underneath the top one. Yeah. Where's that one? That one's in? right there at 4920. So if we started bringing 4920, you might open the door to 48, what 75 is where gold is or where's the gold? Gold is 4850, 4859. Yeah. So there so could be much room from there to there. So I would be reluctant to go short, but I like scalping. I'd probably take a little short. In the yeah. It could, there could just be a quick one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like and this see this one before it, yeah, quick right down to the DMA bounce. Look how many times over here it down goes down to the DMA and bounces. That's a strong line. What, uh, what time frame are we on here? Uh, that's daily, okay. So that gives you a little bit of a longer term thing, not just a or is that daily meaning one day or a daily meaning uh, going every back? Bar to is, every bar is one day, okay. So it's a decent amount of time on there, yeah. We could go longer. Yeah, go longer just to give you a, a perspective of um, if there was ever a correction, what is out there? Yeah, well, if there's a correction, it, what's out here is 47.30 down yeah. to the DMA. Yeah. But that's weeks and, you know, one, two, three, four, five weeks if I'm, I'm looking out forward. Well, that would be the end of the first quarter pretty much. So maybe that's yeah. not a bad time frame. Yeah. It could because, happen. like I say, the uh, February 21 date uh, could be the crowning achievement for the earnings season. <laughs> and if it's a buy the rumor, sell the fact day, that could uh, light the fuse, maybe, huh? Good. You know? So you always got to be thinking where the puck's going. The puck has been <laughs> going straight up. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like I say, uh, uh, a lot of the things that was uh, bet on to get it up here, which was uh, this moderation in inflation, this lower interest rates, and um, and things along those natures. You know, uh, they're not etched in concrete at this level. Yeah. You know, uh, CPI is going to be revised on Friday, and then we've got the actual CPI coming in on uh, the thirteenth. So I think uh, those are not too bad of a date to uh, to keep an eye on. One is Friday, the other one's next uh, Tuesday. Is this Friday? Yeah, this yeah. Friday, I think they're supposed to do a revision of the CPI, if there is any. And then mm -hmm. a brand new CPI comes in on the 13th. Well, and, uh, you know, this market is not ready for the CPI to start moving up. No. <laughs> so, like I say, you know, you can't fight the tape. You don't want to fight the tape. But if, you, if your sunny bands or any of my uh, moving averages started to give me a rollover, um, I would be more interested in taking a shot at it from there because there's a lot of real estate underneath if everyone starts drinking coffee, you know? <laughs> All right, Michael. Uh, well, yeah, let's go through a couple here and then I'm going to go over to Michael to hit a couple. Uh, let's put up um, um, the um, uh, U.S. dollar. Can you do anything with the U.S. Cool. dollar here? That's a good uh, one. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, uh, it looks like it had its that's big correction from 115 down to 100 and it looks like it's... Uh, Going the other way, uh, now and with our yield, with our yield advantage, you could probably make a good case that it could remain strong, huh? Yeah, this one is weekly, but you see how purple's on top here. It's yeah. flat. I only expect it to go about that high, so it would either stop here or here. Uh, so we've got two situations. One, it could just keep on going up and turn that line gold. 
Right. Or as easily could turn right around and go back down to this level. So you're saying this is a pretty big juncture for the dollar. I would. Yeah. It's either going to be a sell up here and we're going to retest 102 or it's going to say bye-bye to 104 and then 106 will be in the uh, crosshairs. Mm-hmm. And see back here, it went up, up, up. It hit the DMA, kind of got scared and it still went on up. Yeah. Even with purple on top. So that's, yeah. that's a counter example. Yeah. And of course, right now it is above those two things. So if you wanted to be negative on it, you probably at least want to see weakness underneath the gold, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That makes a lot a of red sense. candle that closes below the gold and then we're short. Uh, what about the price of crude oil? You know, some of these oil shares have had pretty good corrections, but, uh, and people are bullish on it, but uh, they don't seem to be going up very well. So, no. yeah. So that's, uh, well, we've got another one purple on top, flat DMA. Yeah. Bar, bar got rejected. I would expect this next bar to also go down. Mm -hmm. As a, Oh, that's weekly. Let's look at the daily, see what today's. So today we've got a little reprieve going on. We have a little bounce off the uh, lower inner band. Uh -huh. And it'll probably continue to the gold DMA, which is right here, 74.70. And that means you probably get a little pop in some of the energy shares, which have gotten hit uh, the last few days when the oil mm -hmm. dropped down. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, yeah, because, um, you know, but I, I saw revenues at some of these oil companies really dropped year over year. Really? Um, well, yeah, on their earnings reports. They beat earnings like uh, Exxon and Chevron, mm -hmm. um, but um, their revenues seem to drop quite a bit because I guess oil was higher a year ago. I don't know. Yeah. And so their revenues would be higher. Uh, their revenues would be higher with oil. Uh, look yeah. at X, look, let's look at XOM and see if there's any value to that thing down here because it went down towards about 100 again. XLM? XOM. Exxon Mobil. XOM. Exxon Mobil. And we had a, a question on uh, explaining the different colored what lines. Are all those lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, uh, do you have any explanation for the uh, sure. different colors? Yeah. The green lines on the outer part of the bands, top and bottom, are the upper, outer, and lower outer bands. The blue ones in the inside are the upper and lower inner band. They are 1.2 average two ranges from the DMI, DMA. The green lines are 2.0 average two ranges from the DMA. So the DMA is the purple and gold in the center. You can see with purple on top, price is going down and then gold's on top and price is going up. And now it's very near a flat DMA. And when it's flat, I expect some congestion. I got you. Purple and green lines on the bottom. I'm not going to explain that right now. Give me a call if you'd like to. I'll be happy to walk you. Yeah, I think it'd be a, a good one-on-one yeah. -on -one question so you could yeah. take the time. And then if the person doesn't understand it totally, you're right there to talk to them. So call Absolutely. up on that one. That's for sure. Absolutely. Now, uh, the fact that it uh, held uh, purple and gold and gold is above purple and it's blue, not a negative, right? That's right. Yeah, not a not negative. A negative. It's a positive. Yeah. Um, all right. So we, ident we identified some potential possibly there. Yeah. Let's uh, take a look at Apple, AAPL on the tech sector that way. Well, we've got another flat DMA with purple on top with little bitty bars below the histogram zero line. Yeah. So it came down, bounced up. I want the next bar to close above the body of that candle. Didn't do it yet. It didn't close there. So then this candle is the first opportunity to go long yeah and i'm not going long with the dma flat and purple yeah. on top. i had very good luck with this uh started out the year with puts 
and then uh-huh. I switched to calls, and then I switched to puts. So I've had it's only been thirty days to the new year, but I've had three outstanding moves uh, in Apple, and, th- and those those options uh, went through the roof because yes. obviously you got a big move, and I'm yes. dealing in a short term option. But That's now on this bounce cool. up here, I'm uh, I'm on the do not uh, the d uh, the DNP did not play. <laughs> uh-huh. I just don't uh, like I say I don't think it's the same kind of a deal, um, you know, uh, that it was last time it was low and turning up. Mm-hmm. Last time it was low and turning up, I had a little more confidence in it. This time I'm, uh, like you say, you got purple standing right there. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they did announce things that weren't the greatest. Right. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah they well, did. you know, they're just not growing very much. And uh, China is a real whack in the back of the head to them. And they came out with that $3,500, uh, who knows what it is on your face. And I don't know that that's gone over very big. Oh, the 3D glasses things, the yeah. digital, virtual reality. Yeah. Virtual reality. I'm not so, gonna. Um, well, I already look silly, so if I put that on, I'm double silly. <laughs> you know? uh, anyway, no, it's probably a great product. I'm just not into it. Um, okay, so that's Apple, and then um, uh, uh, what else could we look at here? How about um, like uh, the SMH as a basket to the semis, rather than playing pin the tail on the semi? Because some of these stocks, you know, are doing great, but some of them uh, seem to be stalled a little bit. So this might be a neighborhood of resistance against the green. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And look at this. Let me put a horizontal line, which I call an attractor right there. So that's a stumbling place. That's a technical analysis term, stumbling. Mm-hmm. If it consolidates right through here and then goes on higher, that's what I think is the more likely. Is to, but it has to get above the high of or the body, sorry, of this red camp. Yeah, because clearly this is a, this is a sector that obviously standing in front of it has been suicidal, but <laughs> everybody has pullbacks at some point. And like I say, after the February 21 timeframe, uh, if it turns into a buy the rumor, sell the fact type thing, uh, there could be a lot of potential on the on the sell side or put side of some of these things. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, good. But I like you said, you know, never catch, never try to catch a yeah. word to say falling knife. So. Or step in front of a freight train in this case. There you go. Uh, how about uh, gold? That seems to be really stuck between 2000 it, and 2080. It's stuck at 2000, too. stuck there. Yeah. What you got that? two You got two bands there and it can't get out of the band. No, it sure can't. That's a definite channel, isn't it? Yeah, oh, definitely. Top to bottom. Yep. And it's got the red going now. So you know, the, the risk now is it blows out to 2020. It blows out exactly. to 2005 and uh, goes into the abyss a bit. Yeah. And that's what I kind of think is going to happen. Yeah. Well, because again, you know, uh, the interest rate is well above the inflation rate and they're holding it there. And that's like taking the oxygen out of gold. Yeah. So something's got to give there. Either we got to get the inflation popping back up or the uh, interest rate's got to come down. I do notice that the M2 money supply growth versus inflation is rising. Mm. So I find that to be something that if it can, like it used to be minus 5% uh, money supply growth, which was actually a historic low coming off of a 27% increase in the money supply back in 2021. So what a dramatic drop in the money supply. (laughs) But now just like 27% turned down and went all the way down into negative, minus negative has turned up. 
and uh, the inflation rate is above zero. So if they were going to meet, uh, there's a little bit of printing to be done. And if they're going to do that, that that helps asset prices, I think, including gold. So I'd keep an eye on that money supply growth, because uh, generally speaking, when that is rising, the gold and uh, oil and stuff like that do pretty well. They do. But Jim, we have to consider that the dollar. Well, that's that, you know, that's a factor that knocked. That knocked yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. And that yield advantage, that's the whole thing. Right. Um, so the gold, a uh, little dodgy. Uh, we got the dollar on a ledge, but it looks like it could be good. We got the oil having a little pop. The semis are into some resistance. So by the 21st, we'll have a good idea if this thing's going to hold or not. And uh, the S&P still looks pretty good. Really just having a pullback here today. Nothing to write home about, right? Right. Well, right. when you get in, when you get in yeah. uncharted territories, that's when I like to go to my bullpen and bring in my best pitcher. And my best <laughs> pitcher on this is Michael Filicare. So yeah. Michael, share your chart and let's uh, find out what uh, Elliot Wave and Fibonacci saying. And um, I want to, while we do that, I'll ask you a quick question. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, with the Elliott Wave, they were looking for um, the uh, peak of 2021 to be the top of uh, the fifth wave and then counting down three. But they said there is a situation where if we go up into this kind of neighborhood, that the move down in October uh, might have just, um, uh, you know, might have just been uh, the three move. In other words, the two move was up to uh, 4,800 back in 2021. Yeah. The two, the two move was back to 3,500 in 22. And this is only, yeah. and this is a wave three where we could go into uh, ad infinitum. So, if you, you know, and obviously that's the beauty of people who do technical analysis is that, you know, you do have to be flexible enough to know that you may have to change your count because obviously the market's changed. True. So right. I don't, I, I just want to see if you, are, are you, are you feeling this is still, this is still like, cause again, one, uh, one guy was saying that this big sharp rally that we just saw is yeah. a classic bear market trap. And so I was just trying to get an idea. Do you, because everyone's now talking 5,000, a lady going 5,500 uh, by the end of the year. So, I mean, the bulls are running like Pamplona right now. A couple of things, but I'm glad that you're bringing, um, I would present a really different picture when it's a third wave and it's just, you know, just going to keep rising, rising, rising. I think that that there's two things I, right now on an Elliott basis that I still believe that at, at the January 2022 highs, that was the completion of the cycle degree third wave. So if we're in a cycle degree fourth wave, <clears throat> then it's going to consist of a primary degree A, a primary B, and a primary. Now, granted saying that it's corrective, but we've already gone to a new high, Michael. What's going on? Well, part of what Elliot did talk about in detail through his own observation analysis is that when we're in a corrective phase, that he came up with what we now term a regular B wave. And what that really entails is that the, the, the high or the low, depending on the direction that B wave takes place, um, will go to either a new low or a new high. In this case, it was a new high. When that occurs, there are Fibonacci numbers or levels that come into play. And when we hit October of 2022, which was a major low, which was the bottom for primary wave A, right. I discussed it back then. And so what I find is like, well, a year's gone by. So a lot of people don't remember conversation me too. When I laid out, we, we, we're going to go into a B wave. And not that I'm looking for it right off the bat, folks, but a B wave could go irregular. And that would suggest that we go up. Okay. 
No, no, no. Hey, listen, I'm not an expert at this, but I'm getting it. And let me just a little put it into uh, silly terms for guys like me. You know, we had the five waves up and now we are counting the three waves down. But uh, the A wave was obviously 3,500. But the B wave, there are explanations on why it could be a higher high and still be a B wave. Absolutely. Okay. And that's something I didn't understand. And I'm sure many people listening don't understand. It still could be corrective. In fact, now I'm I'm going to toss in something that's non-Elliot, non-Fibonacci, but something that's actually very, very important. That we have the leading economic. We get the, it's a group of 10 different indicators and 10 different numbers that get grouped together and we get the, and we get the leading graph. Well, as it did, it went down following right here. So when we bottomed, ending up, then together they started price, which gave us that little bit of a boost that we saw and everybody coming back in and buying and everybody starting to change the narrative, et cetera, et cetera. Then we decordingly, because the leading indicators let us back down as the talk of recession started to come in. Well, suddenly that narrative changed. But guess what did the leading indicator? So Absolutely. here goes the S&P, skirting up to new all-time highs right. while the leading indicator. Right. So what does that tell me? Well, I'm going to put my faith in the leading indicators rather than a group of stocks that are totally being put into play. All right, let, me, yeah, let me just jump in here so people get it. You know, this rally we've seen, Okay, if you look at the S and P equal weight, it ain't happening. If right, you look exactly at the small correct. cap, if you look at the small caps, it ain't happening. Correct. They create they created two indexes, the S and P and the uh, Nasdaq, of which thirty percent of the S and P is these seven stocks, and on the Nasdaq, it's fifty percent. Right, and so that can pretty much dilute what you're looking at. And if in fact either AI is way ahead of its skis or uh, you know, basically anything else has been, and, and the valuations have gotten extremely excessive again, then this rally would be on borrowed time. And and in truth, no one's looking for that. Right, right. No one's looking for that. Now, now don't get me, I'm not saying the turn, the end of today. No, it's no. Not. And as I and as I showed you, even in the beginning, when you asked me to go, right. this is a weekly chart. So here I have my fibs. Now, you talked about 5,500. Well, that's the fib they're using. One point on this run. That is and what, where and this, what's that? And what's that number? It's actually 5615, but a lot of people are sticking with 5500. So I guess it depends on exactly where you place it. Right, where you measure from. So, you know, but so it's in the hood, I call it. And actually the the other one at 5500 could also fit within what the current we're going on. So, let me kind of bring this down real what quick. What about so, a point three eight? Where does that land you? Um 53 to 307. So I want to bring this down real quick oh and God. just stick it in a four hour chart because, as within this intermediate degree C wave, right, as a part of that larger primary B, we're now in a C wave rally. It's a five waves of minor degree. There we got the five wave, and there's minor one, two, three, and four. We're in the fifth wave. So, fibs that I can automatically put into play here is like I'm convinced that that's the bottom for the fourth wave, which was. Then the fifth that goes with it is that the fifth wave is compared to the first wave, but it's a minor degree. So here's the number five. What am I going to compare it to? Minor wave. Well, I draw my fibs over there, and now I've got estimate. Well, it's already surpassed 0.61. In fact, remove it because now it doesn't have, it has no meaning. We've it has no val- validity. No validity. Right. It has no validity because it's been, so I take it off. What do I got next? Well, that was 5,001. Now I've left it up because on, on, uh, yeah, it was like forty nine ninety five. It was forty nine ninety eight. 
Okay. I was and your and your number came in at what five thousand? What's your number at five? Right. So, as I say, and close enough for government work to five thousand. Yeah. And then I have another for the minor fifth one, and it's one hundred. So equality. So when you're dealing with Fibonacci, particularly with a fifth wave, quality is the most five will equal one. Well, that on a minor degree came too. Oh, it got to forty ninety eight. We did it by a little bit. So in essence, between the two, the minor and the minor, it kind of came right smack down. Now it starts to pull back. But guess what? In here, I can I can basically say, now I'm going to bring this all the way down hourly so that we can, now we just got all this in, all right? One, two, three, four, five. Beautiful fifth wave. Reach resistance, not just once, but twice for the minor fifth and the minute fifth. I could have put a five there, called this all over. But then you very astutely said, if we go and we look at the NASDAQ versus, in the S&P, 30% of it is high tech. It's MAG7. In the, in the NASDAQ, it's 50%. When I go over and look at the, the NASDAQ, not me for its third way, whereas the S&P. So what does that tell me? Very, very strongly that we may be in an extended fifth, and it could be an extended fifth within the fifth, or just is going to be labeled as minuet wave. That's the, now you're beginning to see. Now add into this because you're an ops trader. Absolutely. We got a gamma wall. We've got a call wall. And I'm waiting to hear from Spot Gamma as to exactly where that might be. Last week, it was like between 460 and 5,000. This is all SPI. Okay. So when you add the premium for the future futures market, it really placed it about 551, uh, excuse me, 5,030. Now, that premium is going to keep getting lower because this is a March contract. So day by day. So you start getting down towards the February call wall. Now, having said that, if it breaks the call, the gamma, you um, but what happens is I have to go to my, so how I work it is I still have, this is the primary B. That's a primary B. These are reasons for the fifth. These are reasons how they start. Here would be a good line. It's a good lineup on the primary minute. And how does it work for the minor? Well, the minor fits in because once it gets above percent, it's all just gravy because it comes down to the structure. Structure. So because a minor five will be complete, minute five, this is in play, but call it and done there. My guess, more to go. Yeah. Why? Because the NASDAQ uh -huh. and 30% via the match sit Right. So that's why. I'm so if the NASDAQ is going to go up, it's going to be because of those 50% of the stocks. And yes. those are heavy into S and SPX. Yes. So the likelihood it'll give you a boost through that 5,000 number is pretty high. Yes. Now, the thing, the thing that kind of. Now, could there be a divergence in that the uh, NASDAQ never makes a new high? Oh, then then we'd have a failure and I would be like, get out of the way. Yeah. Get out of the but way. That would be that would be the S&P breaking under 4,948.50 to get started. Yes, correct. Yeah. Correct. And believe me, you know, you don't need to be the first guy on either side of the market to do well. You just want to make sure there's people besides you believing it. And obviously, and if we go from... You just want to make sure that you're you're not trying to lead the... Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Somebody and so if we went from 5,000 underneath 4,850 and 4,900, that means there'd be somebody behind you as well. Exactly. Yeah, just like when we were down at 41, 4,200, you didn't have to buy there. Even if you waited to 43, 4,400, you'd oh, have you the right, you've had the ride of your life, you know? Yeah, you made a bundle. Yeah. And, Say, and it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it really can. And I just think that when we look at the market kernel, even here, and we start to this here, this high was 40. Then look at that. The new all, we didn't even outdo the previous. And this is the relative relative strength of the market so when you now, start i have a quick question that might be helpful to people you know uh say you believe 
as a given that the end of February and into March could be corrective simply because of a number of things, including the seasonality of those months. And we have some and, cycles coming in towards the, the Yeah. They're, so they're say that's your given. How, yes. how high would you think that it's possible to go between now and the next few weeks? Uh, your your first area was the ones we hit already, which was five thousand, right. and uh, and so next you know, up is fifty eighty four to 50, okay plus or minus a little bit on the other side, then right. fifty one seventy one to fifty plus or minus a little bit, and actually you can go and then you got fifty three oh seven, they're all by itself. Yeah, to be honest with you, if I was a guessing man, which I guess I do for a living, uh, it seems to me <laughs> that that we've used some gasoline to get up here, sure. and that if there is going to be a rollover. Uh, you know, I wouldn't think there's more than a couple hundred S and P points uh, left in there. Um, and then these other these other numbers we're talking about yeah. that could happen as we go into the end of the year after um, then it's uh, September. A whole different wave pattern. Yeah, it's a whole different wave pattern. I, I see. So what you're saying that you're are you saying the are you saying that the uh, probabilities or the possibilities are strongest that we'd even go to these fifty three hundred numbers more immediately? Because if they call the do- if they call the dogs off in March and we went down, let's say to forty whatever hundred, you know, say we lost one hundred and fifty to go down to finish this the C wave and and that larger cycle wave four, yeah, we're just really going back to thirty five. No, but if we pulled back, let's say from the five thousand fifty one hundred area, fifty two hundred area, and we pulled back to your forty seven hundred number there, could you, are you saying that the party would be over up there, or is it possible uh, closer to the end of the year or whatever that there'd no, be another would, big rally I, I to would take? Really start to get the part over if it started to break below forty. Because this fever is yeah, hot now, and, and the fever's got to stay hot, or once uh, a well, fever goes, it'll be for a reason. But yeah, but I think if we really start to write, read the writing on the wall, and you make good mention of when we're starting to to really base our analysis, our movement, seven stocks. Oh no, believe me, we, you know, I believe me that that's the big risk because believe me, well, if the if the words left. if the words AI get out that it's not going to be profitable, it's not going to be gener uh, you know uh, generative, it's not going to be. Um, well, you know, in other words, if we're way ahead of the skis, as we were with crypto, as we were with electric vehicles, amen, a, amen. as we were in yes. 2000 with the yes. with the Internet to begin yes. with, if we and, and believe me, if you've been in it decades like we have, there is a smell of that out there. Yes, exactly. Correct. Yeah. It doesn't mean that AI is bad. It doesn't mean no, that AI no. will not come into fruition. No. What it means is you guys got way ahead of train. <laughs> yeah. Well, well IBM, yeah. I mean, what do you call Microsoft saying that uh, on the investments they've made into it, they haven't got that money back. No, but they will. Well, they say they will, but it's not priced as they will. It's priced as they are. <laughs> <laughs> right. They you know, will. It's like it's like you could have bought you could have paid uh, uh, LeBron uh, fifty million when he was in eighth grade because he was going to be great, but you know they're not going to pay him in eighth grade fifty million. <laughs> but he was still screwing. Yeah. That would have been <laughs> over. That would have been overpaying for LeBron at that age, though. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I, I mean, I do, I, I do feel that what I find very into people is they suddenly fear that the market's and it's like I can partially fear, but nothing, nothing goes straight up. We ebb. Yeah. That's just the nature of the well, and that's why this move in the last ninety days is a bit odd. Well, absolutely. Now I'm going to make it even stranger. Go over then we talk about the. Oh yeah, again I wanted to hit the VIX too before we leave, so we got about ten minutes. Okay, so I just I'm going to put up the thirty year bond, which yeah, because the whole planet thinks that the rates are definitely going to be cut, and the you know, and uh, you know, if these numbers turn on inflation, you know, uh, the cutting thing is just going to be a saying, hey, we told you we were data dependent. Right now, 
because I talk with people on credit desks, their friends, their traders, kind of like, like they started to, as they did this, we had get out of the way, get out of the way. And everybody's yeah. storming in. And then the very next day the fed, oh my God, oh my God, get out of the way. So I called my friends. I said, what is going on? It's like, well, recession risk off trade. And what that essentially means is that they no longer believe that the recession is going to happen. So, you know, they're taking that risk. Mm -hmm. And 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 if, in terms of the 30-year bond, they're looking to lock in a 4% or thereabout, right? So as as a money manager or whatever, it's like, well, if I can lock that in, then I should be okay. Because I'm going to get a coupon. Now, then the very next, when the Fed said, well, no, you know, we're going to start cutting. We can't give you any none. We're still looking. And then they they hinted at those leading. And then suddenly what happened? The 30-year bond is down two, down over two. I'm looking at that going, okay, what is this? Recession risk on trade being put back in. So we think we're getting crazy equities, Mark. It is spreading. It is spreading. Well, I mean, the debt markets are actually a joke because, you know, they're selling junk bonds for a fraction a bit more uh, than you get in treasury. So, you know, yeah. I mean, the, the spreads between treasuries and junk are ridiculously tight. You would think that the, you're buying money market uh, with these uh, junk bonds, but the way they're, the way they're, you know, giving out the differential there. Well, what spreads. They actually, yeah, what they actually started to do is started to that the, the curves. But in the yeah. back, so in other words, you know, short end is long. So we'll start with this shit. So it started to decrease or shrink the uh, the curve. Yeah, my key number on the 10-year is around 420. You start seeing a 430 or 40 print on the 10-year, then you're going to get a big rake on all those. Uh, the Fed's going to cut soon or off the table. Because every, everyone, you know, I mean, a lot of very smart people say it's going to be May or June. And, um, you know, I think uh, a reasonable thing could be uh, quarterly cuts, uh, June, September, and December. Yeah. But, um, you know, if those CPI numbers uh, start going the other way, and, you know, labor is going the other way, and, you know, one of the uh, uh, things was uh, they normalized the uh, supply chains. So goods prices, you know, the Home Depot stuff, the refrigerators, all that stuff, that all came down. Yeah. But they're not going down anymore. No. Because well, these consumers out there years. buying stuff. On the rate? Well, I think 420 is a big number. It starts going 430, 440. I think that's going to get people uh, you know, a little bit nervous. And that you could also be negative today. for the stock market at that point. You almost got up to 450. That's what I'm saying. We're in a neighborhood where it's either a very good time to start buying some more bonds or you're going to have to change your tune because I don't think uh, 430, 440 there is. Uh, so, folks, know, it's, it's, I think as we talk, what becomes yeah. is you see how many different sides are coming and we're meeting. And basically, what is our message? Um, we're kind of in disarray. We're kind of very confused. The market really don't know where they want to be or how they want to get. And we have too many danger signals. So how do you want to trade that? I would say carefully. Yeah. I, well, I would say if, if, you're on the, if, you're long, if you're long side, if you're on the long side, you want it on a little bit of a short leash. And well, you, if you're trying to do it from the sell side, you're probably a little early. You're probably a little early. That's why I was going to say who's, going to, who's helping guide you at least option. Let's throw the VIX up there because I think the VIX bottomed at 1250. And if the VIX bottom is 1250, and we uh, have hit that 5,000 number, uh, I'd keep an eye on it here. So uh, uh, look at the message. Yeah. This is a full one. And how far, how far out back are you going? Just going to go, uh, yeah. Oh, I go back to, I got March of 22. I go further. Yeah, no, that, that gives you an idea that uh, we're in the lower echelon down here. Very much into scraping along them here. and still not deciding what. what and um, But can I show you one that, that I think has, like this is just CBOE, right? So it's it's more of for the, OE, the old OEX. Exactly. So, but how about this one? That uh -huh. 
This is this is the Nasdaq one volatility. Yeah. Are those wicks or bad trades or what? Are they are the trades? true wick. Oh my god! Yeah. This is the crazy that this index produces. So what's right and what's wrong? Look at the wicks. And- mm. mm-hmm. But that 12 to 14 range on the VIX is not generally, uh, well, it, it, can be, it can stay there and we could just keep rallying and rallying and rallying. Yeah. But uh, if there were to be a danger zone and if it was going to blast out of a neighborhood, you know, that's that's the neighborhood it would it would turn out of. And like right. I say, I had some divergences in the stuff that I had down at the, the 1240 area when it hit that low. And right. so I thought, uh, well, I thought there would be a little correction. There was at least a little bit. You can see that they're all three, three, three. So either this is very next move. Would- yeah, well, if you are going to go and break 5,000 and go into that higher neighborhood, it you is going to break down. You break. There you go. So, I mean, uh, you can really follow the VIX. And basically, if you see it breaking out the top and you can see it breaking under 4,900, you might say that the the bear bus has arrived. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the other thing to remember yeah. is that even if we're going to go up above, it's not like we're breaking out. It's not like we're just going to keep in my vision, in my view, continues to be a finishing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're at the top of the hour here. Uh, Sonny, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. And if you have any special offers, it's a good time to extend it. Well, I do have a special offer going on right now where you can buy uh, a year of my live trading room and Sunny Bands together for a discounted price. That's on moneymentor.com. And let's see, I'm a veteran trader, 43 years. I'm a mathematician and a programmer. And uh, so I know how to write the code that you tell me you want, because I understand technical. So give me a call. There's my number right there. I like to talk to people. Sure. I like it. I like it when new traders especially call me. All right. Sounds great. And Michael, um, uh, how to get a hold of you and any special uh, extended offers? Um, again, if you want to be as gracious to give up. Um, <laughs> so, but contact MJF partner. And I do YouTube under Mining Traders. So if you go to YouTube and Traders Helping Traders, please go to my name. Taking that trader soup's like, yeah, oh, that's the way that. Um, so that's I do daily and I do a weekend a big picture posted. And Okay, perfect. As far as option professors concerned, uh, I've got a situation where I have a link to the indicators I use and also a one hour online meeting explaining uh, my views on trading and, and strategies and everything like that. Uh, as far as options are concerned, you know, I've been doing it for decades and uh, I've traded thousands and thousands of them. So uh, I think for most people, I could probably uh, help you educate yourself further. I'm specializing a lot in the short-term options now, simply because that's where all the volume is. And yeah. if you're going to do short-term options, your most, uh, well, one of your most important things is timing. And that my timing indicators can be very helpful with that because obviously if your timing is wrong, it can be very painful uh, with the short-term options because there's not a lot of wiggle room because of the time uh, aspect of it. So uh, if you'd like to uh, talk and uh, have me explain how I might be able to help you, it's option professor com O-P-T-I-O-N, professor.com, or shoot an email to optionprofessor at gmail.com. And uh, I'll explain what I could do for you. And uh, there's no annual fees or anything like that. So uh, it's a very, very uh, reasonable situation. I think you'd be very happy. Um, okay, guys, thanks a lot. I think we gave a lot of uh, good information out here that people can use. And um, thank you very much, um, Sonny and uh, Michael, for being here. I knew it was going to be a great thing. So, uh, you. yeah, you bet. And uh, we'll see how things unfold. But now I'm going to send it back to David. All right. Great. Yeah. Tons of good info today. So uh, um, 
Uh, just a quick reminder for everyone, be sure to subscribe to Timing Research on YouTube and your favorite podcast app, um, or you can just go straight to timingresearch.com to get access to any of the past shows and events. And just another reminder that we are doing the Almost tech... 11 o'clock a.m. <laughs> well, must oh. be time to go. Yeah, <laughs> we are doing the Tech Wizards event starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow, and uh, uh, Sonny, Michael, and the Option Professor will all be all be doing presentations on that event. So we're going to cover, um, you know, some of the best indicators and software and platforms uh, available today for traders and investors. So again, that's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, February sixth, seventh, and eighth. Sure, yeah. So Thursday, I'm speaking, and I'm going to, of course, I talk about Sunny Bands because that's all I use. But yep. I'm also going to talk about my Ultimate F compounding spreadsheet, which I haven't introduced to the public. Okay, great. Um, Thank you. Well, yeah, looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah, just looking at the schedule here. Uh, so Sunny will be on at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, uh, February 8th. And Michael will be on at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Uh, date and uh, Jim is uh, 11 a.m. on uh, Thursday as well. So yeah. that's fun. All the good people uh, on Thursday. Exactly. Yeah, and that's so, and that's turnaround day too. Yeah. Oh. So, but uh, yeah, we have a full a good full schedule for all three days lined up. Um, so yeah, be sure to join us for that. And uh, if you can't um, if you can't make it to the live event, those recordings will be on Timing Research as well as soon as I can get them posted each day. So. All right, so uh, that's it for today. Just want to thank my guests again for today. Uh, Sonny Harris of MoneyMentor.com, Michael Filigera of LogicalSignals.com and TradersHelpingTraders.com, and the Option Professor of OptionProfessor.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank, thank you. you, David. Thanks.